0: Welcome to Choosing Happily Ever After with Nicole Van Gelder, a podcast that focuses on values and practical tools to help you have peace, joy, and confidence so you can create your own happy homes and lives, no fairy godmothers required. This month on Choosing Happily Ever After, Pastor Nicole dives into the topic of trusting the Lord through rest. In this episode, she speaks on the pattern of rest established in the very beginning by the Lord and how responding to the Lord's voice allows us to enter into a place of rest.
1: Hello, and thank you for joining me today. I have been thinking about my life recently, which apparently is something I do much more than I ever realized, or maybe I've just started doing it more recently with, you know, current events and getting older, I suppose. But I have been thinking about my life and kind of imagining it like as a map or a visual picture of sorts. And I have realized that if you look at my life in that way, that there is a clear evidence of the choice that I have made to walk with the Lord, to trust Him, you know, it's just woven throughout my life story. So for example, if I'm looking at my life, I can see the time when I was young and I first trusted Jesus with my salvation. And then even as I grew up, though my faith was sometimes inconsistent, I can see clear areas, you know, where I took stands for Jesus, where I would step out and share my faith with friends, you know, my choice in college to really grow intimacy with the Lord and to choose to serve Him with my whole heart. As I became an adult, I can see the decisions I made that came at what felt like great cost at the time, you know, where I chose to follow His way or to trust Him with things like my marriage and my family life, you know, moving to Minnesota, (laughs) committing myself and my family to the house church, you know, there are all these things and it's really a beautiful picture. But <laughs> what I have realized is that it's a really beautiful picture if you look at it from far away. But <laughs> when you look at it too closely, uh, lest you think I'm bragging here, uh, when you look at it closely, things get messier. And in fact, it becomes apparent that even in moments when I was trusting the Lord with like the big picture decisions, I was still often forcing my way in the details of how things worked out in my daily life. You know, I was, (laughs) I was saying, Lord, I trust you. And I was, you know, doing my best to walk with him. And at the same time, maybe not because I was still insisting on having things my way. You know, that's kind of the most consistent thing about my life (laughs) is that it's been kind of a big wrestling of control, you know, that I'll surrender to the Lord and I'll say, I'm going to do it your way. You know, I'll repent. I'll ask him to teach me and to guide me and I'll put his ways into practice in my life. And then I will get impatient or... I'll get afraid, or I'll just be selfish, or whatever the case may be, and I'll insist on doing things my way. So I'll be forcing my way, even in the midst of trying to serve him and to please him, and you know, all of those things with my life. If I'm honest, well, I've gotten better at trusting him and trying to live according to his ways and not having to be. A control freak. <laughs> I am still not there yet. How about you? <laughs> not to poke you or anything, but I've been thinking about this because I recently read a passage in Leviticus in one of my quiet times that isn't going to seem like it has anything to do with this, but I'm going to read it to you and then just share what I've been pondering in my own heart. So Leviticus 25, I'm going to read verses 1 through 7, and just for ease of reading it with you, you know, most likely not having it in front of you, I'm going to read out of the message translation, and so this is what it says. God spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai, and he said, Speak to the people of Israel, tell them, when you enter the land which I'm going to give you, the land will observe a Sabbath to God. Sow your fields, prune your vineyards, and take in your harvests for six years. But the seventh year, the land will take a Sabbath of complete and total rest, a Sabbath to God. You will not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself. Don't harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land gets a year of complete and total rest. But you can eat what the land volunteers during the Sabbath year. You and your men and women servants, your hired hands and the foreigners who live in the country, and of course also your livestock and the wild animals in the land can eat from it. Whatever the land volunteers of itself can be eaten. Okay, so that means that anything that the land produces on its own, you can eat. But anything that you have previously tended, you're not supposed to eat at all. Now, before this time, the Lord had set the Israelites up to have a regular Sabbath each week. One day a week was their Sabbath. And now it is being established that they're going to have an entire year. They and the land they're in are going to have an entire year off, (laughs) so to speak, once every seven years. And a Sabbath means to stop or to cease, you know, so you're going to stop your labor. You're not going to continue it for this time now. What on earth does this have to do with what I've been talking about? Well, I'm going to share some things with you and then tie it all together. (laughs) So you're just going to have to stick with me. But the Sabbath, this passage really got me thinking about how much trust it would require of the Lord. You know, the Sabbath is a practical thing. When the Lord established the Sabbath with his people, it was in the order of creation. But by the time Jesus comes along you know, the Jewish religious leaders, the religion itself had changed the Sabbath. So that it was a strict religious custom. And in doing so, they missed it. In Mark two, we have this passage. I'm going to read Mark two, 23 through 28. And it says this, and it happened that Jesus was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath and his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain. The Pharisees were saying to him, look, Why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus said, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and he and his companions became hungry? How he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests? And he also gave it to those who were with him. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The New Living Translation says it like this, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. And I love that. The Sabbath was made (laughs) to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So it's a practical thing, but it was created for the benefit. It was instituted for the benefit of people. So with that in mind, I'm certainly not suggesting that we recreate the religious ritual of the Sabbath in the pattern of the Pharisees. However, the Sabbath experience, the way the Lord created it, is actually, you know, it predates the law. It's the pattern of creation. You know, God created on the first six days, and then he rested on the seventh. Because of this, that means that it occurred before the existence of sin, So I believe that that makes it eternal in nature, that it's a pattern of life, the way it was meant to be always from the beginning. And so it's not just something that's earthly or temporary. So if this is true, then what is it and why? You know, I'm going to preface this all by saying I'm not an expert on Jewish customs and I'm not trying to be. And so that's not the point of this at all. But I do want to explore a little bit the Israelites experience and kind of give some biblical context or example to help us understand how the Sabbath might impact us and what on earth it has to do with trusting the Lord. All right, so the Lord set up the Sabbath as part of the law for the Israelites, though it was something that they practiced even before the law was given. So for example, when God provided manna to the Israelites in the wilderness, They were instructed to gather twice as much on the day before the Sabbath so that they would have enough manna for that day and also for the next. And this was miraculous. Okay, it wasn't just that the Lord was giving extra manna, but, you know, the fact that the Israelites were eating manna itself was a miracle all on its own. here the Lord is providing for them food supernaturally every day. But on most days... If they gathered extra and tried to hoard it, like afraid that there wasn't going to be any the next day, it would be rotten by the next morning. There would be worms in it, like, ugh, but not on the Sabbath. (laughs) The day before the Sabbath, it wasn't just that they could gather extra, it was that they were instructed to, and so they would gather enough for the next day and it would be good. It would be the only day that would happen where it would stay good and it would not rot and there would be no worms and it would be just as if they had gathered it that day. So this is amazing. It's a miracle. However, there is a problem, you know, as there so often were problems with with the Israelites, right, and how they were relating to the Lord. So I'm going to read now from Hebrews 3 and 4. And I'm actually just going to read out of the New Living Translation, and this is what it says. Dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God who appointed him, just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. That's why the Holy Spirit says, Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them, and I said their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath and said they will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while well, it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all things that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says: Today when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it that rebelled against God even though they heard His voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would not enter into his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. And then I'm just going to read a little more. This is Hebrews 4, and it says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news has been announced to us that God has prepared this rest just as it was to them, but it did no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. All right, going to skip ahead a little bit, but it says this in verse nine, it says there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let's do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God, we will fall. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we're accountable. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we did, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, where we will receive his mercy and find grace to help us when we need it most. Okay, I know that that was a lot, but I'm going to sum up for you and also encourage you. There are notes available for you, so so you can definitely get those, and you can look it up in your own Bible as well. But to sum up why I'm reading that and what this has to do with what we're talking about, the Israelites were not able to enter into the rest God offered because their hearts were hard, they didn't trust the Lord, and as a result, they were disobedient. But the good news is that we can enter into the rest of the Lord today. The only question is, will we? <laughs> so Hebrews 3, 12 and 13 say this. I did read it, but it says, be careful. Make sure that your hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. And then it says, you know, not to have your heart hardened or deceived by sin, and that you need to be faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as you did when you first believed. Okay, so how do you enter into rest? Well, it starts with taking care that you don't have an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. Now, that sounds like that's pretty stressful. That's, (laughs) that sounds pretty harsh, right? I hope I don't have an evil, unbelieving heart. But the thing about it is, is that the evilness here is about doing things your own way. It's about not trusting the Lord. If you're unbelieving that you're, you're putting yourself like when we don't trust God's ways, like, I hate to say this, but it's true. When we don't trust God's ways, we're putting ourselves above him. We're saying we know better. <laughs> that we trust ourselves more than we trust Him. That is what it looks like to have an unbelieving heart. That is the kind of heart that falls away from the living God, that gets deceived by sin, that gets hardened by sin, you know, because sin is when we're missing the mark, when we're doing things our way instead of the Lord's way. It's not just, you know, great evil acts like we w- might want to think because it makes us feel better. It's the things that, you know, the Lord whispers to our heart to be kind to our neighbor, (laughs) to speak blessing with our mouth, to not curse people with our mouths. You know, like there are all kinds of things, big and small, putting him first, worshiping him, being generous with our money. You know, like there are so many things. I don't know what your list is, (laughs) but there there are so many things And some of them come easy for us, and some of them are difficult. And those difficult ones, those ones where we're afraid or we don't want to or we're lazy or whatever it is, (laughs) those are the things we have to be careful about because the deceitfulness of sin will actually harden our hearts against the Lord. And when our hearts become hard, then we end up with an evil, unbelieving heart. So instead of that, (laughs) we're going to enter into rest. And the way we do that is by responding to the Lord's voice. In Hebrews 4, 7, it says not to harden our hearts when we hear God's voice. And then it goes on and it talks about how the word of God is alive and powerful. And it exposes us. Now, you know, a lot of people memorize Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. We memorize that as though it's talking just about the Bible, but those were words that were spoken and were written before the Bible was even fully into existence. So it's not just talking about the Bible, although the Bible is full of God's words, but it's talking about the words that God speaks to you, the things he's telling you. When we hear his voice, instead of hardening our heart, we're supposed to respond because the things he speaks to us are alive, they're powerful, and they will expose us. And while it might feel scary to be exposed, it is not scary to be exposed by the Lord. He doesn't expose us to bring us shame. He doesn't expose us to wound us. You know, he doesn't expose us for our harm, but he exposes us for our good. There's no safer place to be than to be fully exposed in the light of God because he loves you so very, very much. There is no shame in front of the Lord because Jesus is the one who has covered you. Jesus is the one who has clothed you, you know, and so, so there's no shame, but when you hold on and you hide away, that's when shame creeps in. That's when sin comes and it brings deceit and it hardens our hearts and it removes us from the ability to enter into the rest of God. But when we rely boldly on Jesus, you know, and we trust him because we know that he has gone before us, that there is nothing that he does not understand, that when we go boldly to him, By the way, all of this is Hebrews 4, 14 and 16. When we go boldly before his throne, we receive mercy and grace in our time of need. And that is what will ensure that we're able to enter into God's rest and that our hearts do not become hardened, but instead stay connected to his and (laughs) So this is not meant to be a harsh word, but it is an encouraging word because we have the opportunity to enter into rest. We have the opportunity to trust the Lord and to be able to experience what the Israelites, unfortunately, did not get to experience. We get to experience it today and to experience it more fully because of Jesus So the way we do that is we respond to the Lord's voice instead of hardening our hearts, and we rely boldly on Jesus to receive mercy and grace in our time of need so that we respond well, so that we obey, so that we trust, and we don't fall back to relying on ourselves. So as I close this podcast today, I want to encourage you to enter into rest by responding to the Lord's voice. By relying boldly on Jesus. So when you hear the Lord's voice, if what He is saying to you is difficult, especially, even if it isn't, (laughs) I've learned from experience that sometimes the things that feel so easy to me at the beginning are not so easy when I'm in the midst of the process, right? But those are the moments that instead of turning back from trusting the Lord and taking things into your hands to do your way, that you have to boldly go to Jesus and ask him for mercy and grace to get you through that moment. So that instead of ending up with a hardened heart or one that has been deceived by sin you know, that instead that your heart stays connected to the Lord because you are listening to his voice, you're responding to it, you're allowing yourself to be exposed so that you can be set free and changed and transformed so that you can fully receive the mercy and grace that you need. And in that way, you will be entering into his rest. (laughs) And that's a beautiful thing. You'll be able to do something that the Israelites unfortunately couldn't do, but you can do because Jesus is with you. So I'm going to close today with that thought and encourage you to ponder it, to be putting it into practice, wrestle with it a little bit. And then in the next podcast this month, I'm going to be bringing all of this together more.
0: See you back here again on April 18th as we continue on the topic of responding to the Lord's voice through rest and trust. Next time, Pastor Nicole will speak on how rest allows us to be present, see the bigger picture, and build our trust in the Lord. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can share it below and subscribe to the channel. You can also find Nicole Van Gelder on social media or through her website in the show credits. Thanks again for choosing Happily Ever After. See you next time.